When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Myself up, turn the world on its head. Don't forget what, don't forget what my mama said. This Sharp Tongue Podcast brought to you by Parachute Home. It's an online bedding brand based in Venice Beach, California, my neighbor. Um, you know, great sleep starts with your sheets, mofos. And Parachute created a line of everyday bedding essentials from sheets to comforters to give you superior sleep. Parachute's website is straightforward, easy to use. You select the bedding items you want, and you have them delivered right to your front door. Easy peasy pudding pie. And free shipping, free returns, and a 30-night risk-free guarantee. You can rest rest easy. Risk-free guarantee, huh? You guys are going to let people sleep in those sheets for 30 nights? What do you do with the sheets they slept in for 30 nights? I want to know. Anyways, Parachute also gives safe safe sleep. I wish they would give me proper English. They partnered with the United Nations Nothing But Nets to send life-saving bed nets in the fight against malaria. So you can feel good about contributing to a company that is giving back. So the website is super easy. I love their colors. I went on the website. Everything is my style. It's very calming colors and they have different um, uh, textures that will suit everybody's tastes. Um, I also learned that thread count is a total marketing gimmick, so you guys can check that out. They have a parachute blog. Um, You can find out all sorts of things on their blog, so check out their blog as well. Uh, Make sure you go online to parachutehome.com forward slash sharp for new sheets, duvets, and other bedding essentials and receive $25 off your first order by using the offer code SHARP. That's parachutehome.com forward slash SHARP and save by using the offer code SHARP. $25 off your first order. I hope you guys get good sleep and think of me. Ew. Hello. Happy Sharp Tongue Podcast Day. Happy Sharp Tongue Podcast Day, everybody. It's National Sharp Tongue Podcast Day. I am here. Jesse Mae Peluso. I'm a little congested. I um, had some sort of sinus infection. I think I'm just a little run down from being on the road and um just you know out there being in contact with all of your butt particles on the airplanes i really think there's something to the number of fart clouds i'm engulfed in when i'm on a flight i've never been on a flight and not smelled a fart cloud or been inside a fart cloud and you know when you smell the fart cloud the farticles are going into your system There are these little gross shit amoebas that escape your buttholes, fly on the, you know, the, the, the air. They, they attach themselves to the oxygen in the air and they shoot up your nostrils, sometimes in your mouth, you know, and, and that's why you smell it. That's why you're smelling it. They're actual particle, farticles in the air. (laughs) 
And, you know, I think I, I just got a little run down and I get, I don't get sick often. That's once a year, I get this around the same time of the year and it hit me pretty hard the past couple of days. That's why I didn't put my podcast out yesterday. I was blowing my nose, coughing and sneezing consistently. And I just thought, you know, the people who listen in and you're driving to work or you have a long commute or you put your headphones on when you're working and you're doing your janitorial stuff and you know, you're whatever you're doing. I didn't want you to hear me blowing and sneezing and all of that. Um, well blowing. Hello. You want to listen to me blow that'll cost you money. So I forfeited taping yesterday to save your ears from my mucal issues. (laughs) Um, let me tell you off the bat, I, where I'm going to be for the next couple weeks in the summer. Um, this weekend I'm going to be, let's see, what's today? Today is Wednesday. So Thursday, that's tomorrow. What is the date? I don't even know what the fucking date is. The 26th, Thursday, the 26th. These are going to be LA dates. Thursday, the 26th at 8 PM. I'll, I'll be at the Virgil. That's in LA. Um, then on Saturday, the 28th at 9 PM, I'm going to do a warehouse show. I don't know the name of the warehouse. I don't know if there is a sign out front, but it's like a secret warehouse show 9 PM on the 28th, this Saturday in LA at 1489 East fourth street, as in one, two, three, four, 1489 East fourth street. That's going to be a warehouse show at 9 PM in LA, Los Angeles, then um, midnight on Saturday, um, going into Sunday, I'll be at the Hollywood Improv at the Midnight Snack Show. So check that out. It's a fun show. gets a little weird and crazy. Uh, those are all Los Angeles. So Thursday, the 26th at the Virgil, 8 p.m. Saturday at 9 p.m., I'll be at the Warehouse, 1489 East 4th Street. And then after that at midnight, I'll be at the Hollywood Improv. And then June 7th, I'll be at Irvine Improv with Comedy Juice. Check that out. Great lineup. Killer lineup. That's June 7th at the Irvine Improv, just about an hour south of Los Angeles. Um, July 21st, I will be at Temblor Brewing Company in Bakersfield, California. July 21st, Temblor Brewing Company in Bakersfield, California. Then July 29th and 30th, I'm heading back east to Governors in Levingtown, New York. That's Long Island, New York. Governors, July 29th and 30th. I think it's a Friday and Saturday. Uh, I think three or four shows. I can't remember. All of these dates can be found on jessiemay.com. I also will be, let's see what other shows. I'll be at Iowa State University Friday, August 26th. So anybody who has friends that go to Iowa State, let them know Friday 26th. I'm coming, humming, coming for ya. And then the, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Well, anything else, go to, go to my website, jessiemay.com. I know September 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I'll be at Mohegan Sun, um, comics, comedy club in Connecticut at Mohegan Sun. That's the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of September. Uh, All my other dates are up there. I'm just giving you what's going on for the summer. Please check it out. This episode also is sponsored by Parachute. Um, okay, so let's talk about some shit. Let's talk about some stuff. Let's get into this podcast. A lot of shit happened. 
I was, let's see, I was in Charlotte this past weekend. I went to the Comedy Zone. Thank you to everybody who came out. Um, One of my favorite places to play, Mike, one of the owners, is just delightful. I had a great time, a wonderful time. Um, on On my flight home on... Sunday, I flew home on Sunday. I, I've, I'm traveling now with Bunny and Chaplin. Uh, if you if you stay up with me, those are my dogs. I have three dogs now. Bunny was supposed to be a gift for my father because my aunt passed away and he was a little sad about it. And him and I spoke and he said he wanted a dog. And when I brought him a dog, he didn't want a dog. Welcome to my life. So I couldn't get rid of her because she's so sweet. So now she's Chaplin's girlfriend and I've made her my alternate therapy pet because Chaplin is also you know I travel with him I used to travel with Fozzie Bear who died last year R.I.P. Fozzie think about you all day every day poor little looking for my homie Chaplin was Fozzie Bear's replacement and now Bunny is is um Chaplin's fuck buddy so you're welcome Chaplin you're welcome um so she flew we were all flying back on Sunday after my shows in in Charlotte and I'm sitting on the plane. We, we, you know, it's like a five hour flight. I think it was maybe four and a half for my connection. And, you know, Bunny's a little, she's a little nervous of a dog. She was in the sex trade industry in the, in the dog sex trade industry. You know, she got overbred. She was bred so much. Her hips were all messed up. Um, so she's a little timid, but she's, she's a very good traveler, very loyal, and I know she's a little scared, but she, we've never had too many issues with her traveling. Not yet. You know, it's only been a couple weeks, but I'm talking to the woman next to me. I'm in first class. Humble brag, doing really well, paying bills, um, <laughs> used my miles. I'm in first class talking to the lady next to me and I, I start smelling something and we're landing. We literally touched ground and I'm like, what does that smell? Oh, whatever. I'll just continue talking to this woman. And then I felt my crotch getting a little wet. It's a little saturation in my crotchal region. And I looked down and Bunny had thrown up right in my crotch area. Yeah. So back to me complaining about farticles and I'm sitting in Bunny at Bunny's uh, vomit patch that she held off for the whole fucking flight held it off for the whole flight and then threw up on me as I'm landing and uh in my mind I was like you know I gotta give it to her she she held out the whole plane and I bonded with her in that moment because I always get nauseous too on landings when we descend I don't know what it is it's about the movement something about the movement in the plane maybe the fucking four and a half hours of smelling fart clouds did something to me, but I always get nauseous. So next flight, I'm going to throw up on Bunny. That's the moral of the story. I have three dogs. I'm officially turning into a crazy dog lady. Um, my my man, my boyfriend, uh, has made fun of me now. He said that I'm lucky I had three dogs after I got a boyfriend because three dogs is a thing that prevents you from getting a boyfriend. And he's right. So sorry, you're stuck with me for now, you fucker. <laughs> I got three dogs. I'm cute. Um, yeah, so I'm, I can't wait to throw up on Bunny next time. Payback's a bitch, you little fucker. <laughs> so it's a little overwhelming. You know, I got to walk the uh, Carlin, Bunny, and Chaplin. Chaplin's four pounds. 
Bunny is eight and Carlin's like a thousand and fifty two pounds. No, he's like sixty five pounds of pure muscle. So I look like a crazy person walking these dogs. Um, but you know, they're just even having to pick up three times the amount of poop and all of that. They really do center me. They they calm me down. They make me laugh. So if you motherfuckers want to call me a crazy dog lady, go right ahead. Just make sure you send me gifts because my dogs eat everything. <laughs> if you'd like to send my dog gifts, we will accept them. Um, and they're all adopted. So adopt your dogs, motherfuckers. You know, don't go out to these. Don't you don't. There's no reason to spend three grand on a dog when you can get a perfectly totally unstable shelter dog on your own for $200. No, <laughs> that's not true. Like shelter dogs aren't, they're not all crazy. They're not all aggressive. Um, and, and there's something called shelter shock. So don't be afraid to uh, adopt a shelter dog. Um, you know, shelter shock wears off and, and their personalities in the shelter aren't necessarily how they're going to turn out. You know, they're in a stressful situation. So the same way a person who's buying a home may buy a home that needs a lot of work. They walk into the house, the floors are a little scrubby, the cabinets are outdated, the appliances are old. They can see the potential in what the house can become. It's the same thing when you're going to look for a dog. You have to see the potential. Don't be afraid by the initial Im- impression that you get. Uh, because I've, I've had six shelter dogs now up to this point in my life and all of them were amazing and they all had their own little issues. So it's just a matter of educating yourselves about the breed and what you want out of your dog and making sure those two things match up. You know, if you're a chill person, don't get a Husky. If you're an active person, don't get a 10 year old hot dog. You gotta be smart about it. You know, dogs are like people. They come in all shapes and sizes and attitudes and some of them are racist. Um, okay. So that's my dog portion of the podcast. (laughs) I, I had a crazy, crazy weekend in Charlotte. Um, I don't know if you guys know what's happening in North Carolina, but there's something called, there's a bill that was passed called HB2 and HB2 is a bill that basically was created to sort of deflect a prior bill that was being passed to give the LGBT community support and rights and make it so that they can't be discriminated. I believe HB2 was made in response to that bill almost in the, I think in the same day there was this weird shift that happened because there was this bill that was going to be passed that basically was like, you can't discriminate against gay people in businesses in in your workplace or anywhere and then I believe that bill was overturned in that same night and in in HB2 was created to prevent that from happening not only prevent that from happening but it's, it's called the bathroom bill and it's basically saying that whatever your birth gender is you have to use the associated bathroom so basically it's it's saying hey if you're a transgender person and you feel that you you know you're born a man but you feel like you're a woman we're not going to respect that you have to go into the into the men's bathroom which i think is going to create so many more issues so many more issues and and they're saying that this bill 
was created to protect women and men. The governor who passed this bill, the fuck is this guy's name? Uh, McCrory, which is already an issue. McCrory, what kind of fucking name is that? As governor, he says, I will support legislative action to address this regulation and will remain committed to protecting the privacy and safety of all men, women, and children of all ages in North Carolina. My position is consistent with challenging government overreach by the federal, state, and now a local government. So he is basically supporting this whole thing and saying that it's for the safety of men, women, and children, that transgender people are monsters, that men are going to start dressing up like women, you know, and going into the, you know, they're trying to prevent men from dressing up like women and going into the women's bathroom and harassing women. Uh, What does that have to do with transgender people? That's where I'm confused. Why not create a bill uh, or or some sort of program or uh, train your law enforcement people a little bit better to deal with predatorial scenarios instead of discriminating against transgender people and forcing them to go backwards in their life. Forcing them to use a bathroom that is not associated with them. They are no longer a man. They are a woman. They are no longer a woman. They are a man. They're, they're, I don't get where the protection comes in. So this whole thing kind of made me upset, you know, and, and I was talking with Justin Martindale about it. And I said this on my podcast last week, you know, he told me, I, I he suggested that I don't go and I, I protest because a lot of people have protested and a lot of people have taken their business out of North Carolina. Bruce Springsteen canceled, Maroon 5 canceled, um, Mumford and Sons donated all the proceeds from the show they had in Charlotte. Um, uh, who else? There's so many people who have revolted and have protested against this HB2 bill, costing North Carolina a lot of revenue. I, I think it's, I, I want to say it's close to a billion dollars. I could be wrong. I, I saw something on the news that said something that already it's cost North Carolina a lot of money because people are outraged by this. Because it doesn't, it, it's basically denying people civil rights. It's, it's denying gay people and transgender civil rights because it's allowing discrimination. And when you allow discrimination, I truly believe that that fuels the hatred that already exists in people. It fuels it more so they feel that they are allowed to commit hate crimes, to discriminate even more, to say verbal, verbally abusive things to gay and transgender people. There are, they've already been the center of a lot of judgment and, and discrimination and violence and hate. And I believe when you make it legal to discriminate purely based on sexual orientation, on someone's you know, transgender preference or being somebody who's post-op transgender, which means somebody who actually had the sex change to asso- that is associated with the gender that they prefer and identify themselves with. You are literally giving these, the, the people who, you're, you're giving people the right or the feeling of the being right to, to discriminate against them. That's what you're doing by, by passing this bill. You're making it so people feel they have the right to be discriminate to to discriminate against them because it's the law. 
and you're denying just these are people they're not monsters they're fucking people and if you're listening to this podcast and you and you think transgender all that's weird you're afraid you're afraid and you don't understand and you should do some research you should do some research and if you think gay people are, are the devil and they're, and they're sinning, you're a fucking idiot. Homosexuality has existed since we've existed. It exists in nature. It, there's nothing unnatural. You know what's unnatural? Hatred. That shit's unnatural. That, shit is, that shit's ungodly. So obviously I'm passionate about this shit. <laughs> and I went into North Carolina and, you know, I've been thinking, like, I've been on the road a lot. These, you know, Justin, my, my agent's got me working and I don't want to just go up there and tell jokes and not say something because I, I, it's, I've got a lot of friends, you know, there's a lot of gay people who supported me in this, in comedy and, and I know transgender people and I, and I know, you know, I'm friends with drag queens and, you know, everybody who's a part of the LGBT community, I feel like I'm a part of that community because I love people who celebrate being unique and different. I think that's what the most beautiful part about this whole life is, is, is being able to celebrate your individuality. And, and so it really moved me and, and I couldn't not talk about it. And I feel like there's a duty as a comedian, as a stand up comedian, you, you have, you're literally, you make money by speaking your mind. So I couldn't not speak my mind about this. And I performed Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And Thursday night, I really came out with a lot of heat because it was a first night. And I um, spoke about it. And I made, I made a couple people leave. And I got to tell you, that, that felt pretty fucking good. It felt good for many reasons, mainly because I hit a nerve. And, and I, I hit a nerve so much that one, one of the women who left yelled out and called me a cunt. I didn't hear her um, because I was so involved and engrossed in what I was saying. Uh, the host, um, Kristen, heard, heard her and, and said something. I didn't hear her while I was performing, but afterwards everyone's like, yo, that woman screamed at you. And, and it made me feel good because hopefully she'll go home and she'll have more conversation about it. And hopefully she'll realize what a bigot she is. She misspoke about what I said to sort of highlight her point because she she posted some stuff on Facebook. I read your shit, bitch. If you're listening to this podcast, I read it. I'm not impressed. You seem dumb. You seem like an angry bitch. You seem like a naggy woman who uh, is mad about where her life has come because who has that much hate? How do you have that much time to hate something like that? What if your child grows up to be a, a transgender? What if your child is born gay? What if your child chooses to live as a drag queen? You're going to, you're going to hate your child. No, you're going to love them. You're going to support them. Only, only animals and, and, and people who are monsters try to take that away from their kids. And that comes out of fear. And fear is, is one of the, the pillars of hate. Hate is root. Hate is rooted in fear. So if you if if that if you're a person who has a kid who turns into whatever you don't want, you know what the thing that you fear. What are you gonna do? You're gonna love them, or are you going to ostracize them? And that's the question I ask the audience, and it's a heavy question because it it, it happens. And and the reality is, a lot of these kids get misplaced. They get kicked out of their families. They um, are tormented and where do they have to go? 
when their families ostracize them for being them, where are these kids going to go? And I asked myself that before I performed. And um, Mike, who owns the Comedy Zone, told me that Dave Attell, who was there the week before performing, donated a portion of his of of his weekend donated a portion of the proceeds to a local um youth foundation a local lgbt foundation within in north carolina and i was like you know i want to do that i want to do that and so i did a little research and i and i found timeout youth which is a foundation uh in north carolina that helps lgbt teens lgbt teens and young kids have a community and, and make them feel connected and make them feel safe and that they can be themselves. Because when they're kicked out of their families, when they're tormented in school, they can go down a bad path. And so it's important to support these places, these sort of havens for these kids to go to. And um, that's what I've decided to do. And so I, um, you know, this week I'm actually going to be finalizing all the details to, to send my donation to them. And I'm kind of excited about that. I'm really excited about that, you know, because I want to make a difference and I want to show the injustice and, and, and find out facts to make sure that I'm getting all the information I need to talk about this in a, in a very educated way. So, you know, because I think that's the only way to really get to the bottom of the, 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 the underlying issue. That's the only way to do it with the proper facts and education, educate yourselves and, and learn about what's happening. You know, you have to be aware of these things. We can't just fill our brains of bullshit. And I apologize if, if you were listening, tuning in today to hear about farts and butthole bleach, but I wanted to talk about this shit, you know, we can, we can joke and all that stuff. And I'm going to play the, the, the opening of the show from Thursday night in Charlotte to show you guys what I'm talking about that made a few people leave that I'm very proud of. And then I'm also going to be calling O'Neill who works for timeout youth, who came out to the shows, who also saw me speak about it and, um, is just been really sweet and came up to me after the show and, and told me he was happy that I, had talked about it and that I'm, I'm, you know, using my stand-up platform for something other than my own promotional purposes, because I think that's, you know, if I can do that, it makes me feel good. And I want to help because that's what this shit is all about. Even if it's one person I can help. Um, this woman came up, her name was April. She came up after one of the shows and, uh, she had told me, she just came up to me and she said, you know, I really appreciate you speaking on behalf of those who can't and speaking for a, um, a people who are being discriminated and, and letting people know that this is a real thing. Um, April had a daughter who, who was gay. She was a lesbian and she unfortunately took her life last year because of not being able to handle just the realities that come along with this situation sometimes. And, and, and that when, when she told me, when she shared that with me, it sparked something inside of me. It made me feel like, you know, there's something more to be done here. And 
there's something I'm, I'm able to connect on a real level through my standup and it, it, it like, it motivated me, you know, it sort of, it showed me that through all the, you know, all the shit that I go through on the road, the whatever, the layovers, the missed flights, the ho you know, the hotel having shit stains, the me being exhausted, having to get up early for press, all the shit that I have to do to be able to perform at the end of the night and connect like that makes all that stuff seem trivial and not even an issue in my mind because this one mother came up to me and told me that I had brought joy to her and I, and I made her feel good about everything she had experienced that people were, were going to know more about what's really going on. And, and that's, that shit is, that shit's invaluable um, it's indescribable the emotion I felt from it, and uh, I just want to—I just want to help. I want to help because I have the power to do that. And you know, as a as a comedian, anybody in the entertainment industry, I hope that people take—they leave a little slice of what they're doing to give back. So this is my little slice. And anybody who wants more information, please educate yourselves check out LGBT in any, in your, in your hometowns. There's so many ways to give back. There's so many ways to help. Even if you want to do it anonymously, you don't have to blast it out like I do. You don't have to be a loud mouth like I do. You know, I understand that there's a lot of different values and different views and it's difficult, but fuck all that noise and get out there and do something. Don't be selfish. We've got one life. Give back to somebody else, you know? Give back to the people who can't fight. You got to fight for them. So here's, um, I'm going to play a little bit of, uh, <laughs> I'm going to play what happened that night, Thursday night. And um, you won't hear the lady yell cunt, but we'll see. I just want to say I love you, Mom. I just paused it, Mom. That was just for, you know, that was just for a comedic e- exaggeration. Please don't hate me. My dad's a great person. She's a gambler. Hot shoes. <laughs> you guys are like, if we're getting fucked or not, we don't care. I like this shit. A shoe commitment. A little peek-a-toe. A little peek-a-toe. Good for you, bitch. <laughs> I, um, I just got here. What, what, what day is it? yesterday. I went for a walk. I had to recalibrate my body because I didn't sleep well last night. And I went for a walk to get a little oxygen in the body. And I saw two hot dudes jogging. Got a lot of hot guys here. Shit. And then I realized it was two gay guys being chased out of the store. What the fuck is happening in North Carolina? What is wrong? What are you doing? You people, these are your people. jackets that you're allowing to make these stupid bills and passing them. 
orientation? You guys are like, yeah. As a matter of fact, get those homosexuals out of my town. I don't want my kids catching that shit. It's all based in fear and judgment. But we don't want to talk about it. No, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. We just want to keep up with the Kardashians. That's all we want to do. What? What is Kim K doing? How much Juvederm did she put in her left labia Tuesday? The important issues. That's what we're concerned with. I have a question. How many people here hate gay people? <laughs> Nobody can even be honest about it. And maybe you guys are all loving them, and I appreciate that shit, but the people who hate them are never honest about it. They're just at home being these like, judgmental cunts sitting quietly, judging with their hate. If you're gonna have hate, have some pride about your hate. Be prideful about it, let it shine. Gay, look how prideful gay people are, learn from them. They're prideful about their gayness, be prideful about your hate, wear that shit on your sleeve. Don't be shady about it. Can't be shady and hateful, that's just not right, man. What are we doing? We're just gonna deny people civil rights because of who they go to sleep with at night. What the fuck is happening in this world? And for what? Because of religion? I know this shit got heavy real quick, but I'm fucking pissed at you guys. I'm not fighting for these people. For what, for the name of religion? Religion like gave a shit about kids all over a decade here, a decade ago. Anybody in here, Catholics, anybody? Do we forget about that shit? Everyone's just living under con convenient rocks? Religion is the way, right? Come on. We gotta be smarter. We gotta fight for people. What if your kids grow up to be gay? What the fuck are you gonna do? You're gonna deny them the rights they deserve? Come on. People are people. Who cares what goes in their vaginas or where they put their dicks? Who cares? Look at the politicians. They're, I bet there's a bunch of those motherfuckers with fucking peanut butter jars right now. Just fucking peanut butter jars. Just dipping it in. Which is really offensive. Use fluffing on her. Be a real person. Come on. People are people. Who cares? Gay people, there's good and bad ones. Just like straight people, there's good and bad ones. The worst part about there being bad straight people is we have the luxury of procreation. And we take that for granted. And we put junk into our veins, and then our kids get recycled through this just total failure of a foster system. Who's gonna adopt your kids? <laughs> Fucking gay people! <laughs> Respect them. Take care of them. Don't pray the gay out of them. Pray the hate out of your hearts. That's all I can say. You guys have a great night. I just came here for my gay. I just had to get that shit out of the system off the top because I couldn't be honest for the rest of the show if I didn't. So, uh, yep. Uh, that went on all weekend, <laughs> and a few of you are probably like, oh, I can't see why people walked out now. No, you know, I had to get it out. I had to be honest. I had to talk about it, and um, right now I'm going to call O'Neal, who represents Time Out Youth in, in uh, North Carolina. Let's see if he's available. I told him I wanted to call him and chat. Let's see if I can get him on. Hello. What's going on, Justin May? Are you there, O'Neal? 
Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm I'm recording you for the podcast. Word, I love it. Oh, it's up. Oh <laughs> my god, this is great. I just got done um playing the clip of me talking about you know the the rant I went on about HB two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the one that sent out audience members. I love it. Yeah, where where I'm just uh, screaming at people. <laughs> what? How did you? First of all, how did you hear about me, and what got you to the show? Okay, so what got me to the show is I just I'll be real. Uh, is I heard that you were going to donate proceeds to us, and to be frank with you, I'm always have been, always will be um, a stand up comedy fan. That's always kind of been my jam, and. When I used to work for the adult LGBT center here in Charlotte, it was right next door to the Comedy Zone. Um, and so I immediately was like, years ago, I was like, I've got to be friends with these folks. So I love to go out and support comedy. I love to check out comedy that I've never heard of or people that I don't know. Um, and I had a blast. And, of course, immediately loved you for loving my kids and for loving who we are and what we do. Um, but I had a great time at your show, too. So I'm always down for a good stand-up show. I appreciate that, man. And what, what is your role at Time Out Youth? So I'm the director of youth programs. So basically I do all of our drop-in space, our discussion groups. I plan all of our special events. Like we do an annual prom every year. This past April we did it and we had 370 kids at our prom. Oh, man. Um, so I get to organize. Yeah, I get to organize all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and that's basically my whole job is creating programming that is relevant, inclusive, and supportive for LGBTQ young people at Time Out Youth. And how, for you, like, growing up, did you have a place that you could go to? Like, what was your upbringing like, and, and what got you to where you are now? Totally. Um, so I did not have a place. Um, I grew up pretty isolated. I grew up about an hour south of Charlotte in Chester, South Carolina. I grew up in a farm. Um, and for a long time, thought I was probably the only gay thing, like, or whatever I was at the time, <laughs> you know, probably within, like, a 100-mile radius. Like, there weren't people like me that I knew of. People weren't out in my school. So wow. it was totally, yeah, like, it was totally foreign to me. And so it's so awesome now with what I get to do to see, like, 13, 14, 15-year-olds that can talk about their identity and their orientation and can talk about just all these concepts in a way that, like, people in my graduate school couldn't talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like educated, smart kids. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but for me, it was very sheltered. Um, you know, I was trying to think. I was maybe, like, 11, 12, or maybe 12 or 13, like, when we were getting a dial-up modem and, like, finally had access to the Internet. Like, that's when I finally realized, I was like, there's other gay people. Like, this is a thing. <laughs> like, it was really cool. Um, you know, it took really long time to download stuff or, you know, to like be able to find information and there wasn't a lot at the time, but it was enough to realize I wasn't alone. Um, you were like Jodie really, Foster like, in I, contact trying to get a, you know, trying to find somebody else out there. <laughs> exactly. And then I finally get there and it's me. And I'm just, uh, <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah. Um, you know, finally found some folks and like, you know, realized that it was cool. Um, when I went to college, I was really lucky. I went to the University of South Carolina in Columbia, um, and I stayed in this um, residential hall called Preston, which was like a community residential space, and it was basically all queer people. Um, and so I went from like, oh, this is real. Like, this could get me killed. Um, and, you know, and I definitely experienced and saw – well, not experienced, but I saw 
you know, racism, and I saw people, I mean, God, people in middle school are just terrible. You get made fun of for having the wrong shoes or the wrong eraser. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's a target. Everyone's so a target, yeah. Oh, totally. Um, so I saw it happen on a lot of, like, superfluous levels, like, you know, but not something about, like, one's own identity. I thought it was just really bizarre. Um, but I was really lucky, so boil it down, you know. Um, but again, like you, you know, I've seen people, and I've directly or indirectly, you know, I've had people, you know, throw slurs at me. You know, luckily I've never had one, had anyone, like, try to come at me physically, because um, Lord knows I would be no good in a fight. Uh, but, you know, I do my best. Um, but I never had that experience, but I knew people that did, um, especially people who at the time maybe I didn't understand that they were trans and maybe they didn't understand that they were trans, but people who were perceived outside of the gender that they were quote-unquote supposed to be. Right. Like that's where I saw a lot of violence or real aggression. Um, and and like a, you, it's almost exactly like a pure hatred, school, right? That's when I was like, I want to do something about that. Yeah. Um, so I was in undergrad and I was doing sociology because I just kind of like studying people and like I thought that was fun. Um, and then I started to graduate, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to be able to get a real job with this. What am I going to do with this? Uh, no disrespect <laughs> to sociology. I love it. Um, <laughs> but I really started looking at social work, and I was like, that's it. I was like, this is basically applied sociology. This is where I can take my feels about society and, like, just the way in which we interact with each other as human beings, and I can advocate. Um, and so I went to grad school for social work and, you know, have never looked back. I finished grad school knew that I wanted to specifically work with the LGBTQ community, knew at the time there were no places in South Carolina that I could get a job doing that. Um, and so I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I took a job at the Adult LGBT Center here in Charlotte, which is closed. Um, but when I was there, I discovered Time Out Youth, and I'm, as soon as I saw the space, as soon as I met the youth, I remember telling the previous program's director, I was like, I want your job. And, you know, and luckily her and her partner moved to Asheville, North Carolina about four years ago. Um, and I remember her calling me and she was like, so do you still want my job? And <laughs> here I am. And I love it. And I wouldn't, you know, every experience that brought me to this place, I think, put me exactly where I needed to be. And I'm so grateful, you know, for the ups, for the downs, for the good days, for the bad days, truly getting to serve this community and specifically young people. Yeah. Um, it's just life-changing. It's what it's all about for me, and I live for it. And, you know, I told you how Ash's mom, April, came up to me after the show and yeah. spoke to me. And, like, yo, that that hit me in a in a part of my soul that I haven't felt Ash in a long time. Ash was one time. of mine. I, I totally feel you. And so, you know, I just – I'm happy to be able to help because it's – being able to do this as a gig, as a career – is amazing it's fun i travel but when i'm able to connect and like use the success that i've achieved for good to me that validates everything and and so you know i just i'm happy i'm happy that i met you i'm happy that i found out about Time Out youth and i'm happy that i'm able to use my platform to spread the word for people to also search out lgbt communities within their own areas you know to to be aware of this absolutely and if people want to make, we all, go ahead. I was just going to say we all, and I'm sorry, I feel like I keep cutting you off. Um, no, you're good. Like RuPaul and I hate to quote RuPaul, but I love RuPaul, so I don't hate to quote RuPaul. <laughs> like RuPaul always says, like on her, like when she talks, it's all about you have to find your own tribe, and whether that's comedy, whether that's you know drama, theater, music, you know, racial groups, you know, a 
like abilities, identities, whatever. Like we all just have to find where we fit. That's it, man. And, and, you know, especially for kids because they feel like they don't fit so much. It's important for them more Uh, for them to be able to have that safe haven where they can truly just spread their wings wherever they want to. And if, if my listeners want to donate, where can they go to do that? So um, you can go to timeoutuse.org. Um, that's our website. Totally check it out. If anyone has any questions, if you want to learn more about us, give us a call. Um, all of our contact info is on the website. Um, but, yeah, I would love it um, if people have questions. If you're looking for the resources, even if you're not in North Carolina, we get calls from everywhere. You know, we're the only that I know of youth center that works exclu- exclusively with LGBT young people. Um, that has like our own space and our own programming. We're the only one like us between DC and Atlanta. Wow. So we get a lot of phone calls from a lot of places. Um, and even if you're not in our area, we're here for you. We love you. Like we will totally help you find what you need and we'll help you find your tribe. Yeah. And I think that's important for parents to hear too, you know, cause I'm, I assume as a parent, it, there's probably a lot of questions and, you know, not knowing how to help your kids sometimes can be overwhelming. So if you're listening, uh, that applies to you too. I'm sure that you can also call and have somebody who's educated and a part of the community direct you to where to go so you can raise your child in a healthy and happy environment. Absolutely. We're really fortunate. And it's a national organization called PFLAG, um, which used to be parents, friends, and families of lesbians and gays. Um, and now it's just for everyone. It's beyond just lesbian and gay identities. Um, But they're a national organization, and they have groups all across the country. We're really fortunate here um, that PFLAG has their monthly meetings in our space here at Time Out Youth. So our goal is not just to provide a safe space for young people when they're here, but to really try and put an impact on the systems that surround them. Um, So if we get a call from a parent or guardian, you know, we're going to be supportive. We're going to get them in the door. We're going to get their young person into our programming, and we're going to get them connected with some support, too. And I think that's really important. because it's one thing to have a bubble that feels really good where you can be really safe, but it's even better when we can start changing the way the systems that impact our youth, whether that's schools, we do a lot of school outreach, um, whether that's faith communities, whether that's family systems, it's all about changing systems. Whether that's uh, government, that's where my sociology mind. government systems. <laughs> oh, government systems, blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll be the one that yells, um, I'll be the one that, that yells things to the government. You don't have to do that. I'll do that for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're, you're seriously, I mean this totally genuinely. I love you so much. Like, I know we got to meet for a minute in person. The fact that, you know, I guess you were meeting with people at the Comedy Zone and my buddy Blair Nias that we yep. were hanging out with. I know she mentioned um, us and gave us some love. Yeah, she did. you read up on us and jumped in. And then that you took your space. You know, however big or small our spaces may be, you took it as a platform to really speak out about something. And I just want you to say, like, I mean, just from the brief time that we got to interact, you're an incredible person. And I'm just super, super grateful that, you know, you're living your dream and your passion and you're using it to make good spaces for other people. And that's important. That's what we should do for each other as people. And you're doing that, too. And, you know, you're you're just as important. And I'm glad I met you. And I want us to stay in touch. And I appreciate you speaking on my podcast and spreading the love and knowledge and, you know, furthering the fight to give everyone a place where they can feel like they can be themselves. So I appreciate you. And I will be talking to you this week 
because I am going to be sending you donations. So um, I look forward to speaking to you about that as well. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I definitely, I look forward to us keeping in touch. Um, I will say I'm kind of geeking out right now because I am a podcast nerd. I love <laughs> a podcast. Um, and I started yours a couple days ago. I typically only listen to them when I'm driving, so I get like 20-minute bites um, to and from work. Yeah. So I'm through to anal bleaching. I'm through <laughs> to interview with Dad. Um, I've made it through Mess America, which I'm still angry about. And I know that was like, what, a year and a half ago, but I'm still having feels about that. Because <laughs> um, that was a great title, and your mom should have been given a medal for that. that was <laughs> Thank you. Um, Give a shout out to somebody. You're going to be listening to yourself. Give a shout out to yourself. Uh, shout out to me. Seriously, that's weird. Um, <laughs> oh, but I love it. Um, but shout out seriously to anyone that supports comedy. Shout out to anyone who's like me and loves podcasts. Shout out to anybody that's like me. That's always known, you know, you're a little different and that, that's okay. Um, you're awesome. I love you, whoever you are, especially me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, boo. <laughs> That was great, man. Thank you so much. I'll I'll uh, I'll speak to you a little oh, bit later this My week. My pleasure. Bye, awesome. baby. We'll talk to you soon. If you need anything, just let me know. Take care of yourself. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. So, that's my boy O'Neill from Time Out Youth. That uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you just gotta you gotta spread the love and spread the information, y'all. That's what it comes down to. Um, this, this episode is, is interesting because I'm talking about so many different things. Um, well, not so many different things, but who I end up interviewing in this episode, it doesn't have really much to do with the LGBT community. I usually like to keep my podcast somewhat themed and, um, having to do with a particular subject and everything, everything tie in. But when I was home in Syracuse, I sat down with my dad for a little bit, you know, cause he's getting older. He's been on the podcast a couple times. He's just one of my favorite people and I just wanted to talk to him about life and death and and he just loves to entertain so I just was like you know let me do a little impromptu podcasting um my boyfriend was there making making me some salmon and sweet potatoes so he was there grilling while I interviewed my dad and it just was very organic and fun and sweet and it's just like this little moment between my father and I and uh I thought I would just do a short little interview with my dad while I was home visiting. Uh, he, he's, he's my knight in shining armor, my, my knight in farty armor. <laughs> um, so please check out the LGBT community in, in your areas. Please, if you need to call anybody, call O'Neill. You can contact me as well. I'll give you all the information you need um, to help you, your child, anybody in your family that you know is different and needs some sort of direction and help and support so I can help in any way I can, I will. Um, and, and also check out jessiemay.com for all my tour dates coming up this summer. I'm only in a couple places cause I'm trying to work on my career and, uh, you know, keep, keep the food on the table for the 19 dogs I have. Um, I'm sorry that I'm a little sick and congested at the end of this episode. I play a couple end clips. I usually like to play one end clip that has to do with what I spoke about, but there's two. Um, the first one is from a Peter Sellers Pink Panther movie. And the second one is a George Carlin stand-up clip, and both of which are my dad's favorites. So I thought, you know, how how uh, w- what a better way to end the episode but with that. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you enjoy the interview with, with my pops, Joey P. Uh-oh. Now sissy that wow. 
podcast. Podcast. Now don't forget you have to talk right into it. There you go. Pull it. Oh shit. Okay. Hold on. We're st- we're I stuck. Got enough. You Wait got enough? Wait. Wait, a little bit more. Can you give me a little bit more? A little bit more. Hold on. Pull. Oh. Wait. Son of a bitch. How about now? All right. We got it. Beautiful. Does it feel good? Very nice. Check, check. Say right. something. Peter's over. What worse. happened? Go off? <sighs> so what was it like growing up? You had... Wait, aunt, yeah, you're on. Talk into the microphone. Talk just like this. Tell me about uh, being kids. You were you, Uncle Louie, and Aunt Darlene in the house, right? Uh, yeah, Aunt Darlene went to live with my grandmother. So it was just you and Uncle Louie? It's me, Uncle Louie, and... Uh, Uncle Louie. No. Oh, I said Uncle Louie. He's my Uncle Louie. My you father, Louie, and... Your father, Mike. Father, Mike, Louie, <laughs> and me. We, st- we lived with him. The Downing went to live with my grandmother because my father felt he couldn't take care of her because he was away so much. He had a band. He was a salesman. So he sent Aunt Darlene away? He he just felt bad about that. Tra- he, he didn't want her to... You know, she would be alone a lot. Louie and I didn't give care. We used to jump out of the second floor. Story window to go run away around the neighborhood. <laughs> Were you guys like little rascals? Louis was small. Louis yeah, we talked about how he stole stuff. Louis what was Louis was no, he didn't steal stuff, but my grandfather had a liquor store. Yeah, we told that story. We told that story. Yeah. We don't tell it again then. Okay, you tell it again. Tell everybody again. What? Tell I, everyone again. Right, my grandfather had a liquor store. My brother helped him stack the shelves. He was like eleven or twelve years old and he's gonna go home out of the liquor store. What year which, is this? Which is just a few blocks away. Oh, don't even ask me that. Come on. Give me an estimate. Like 1810? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I'm 80, 78. Took off 16 years is 18. 16 and another 8. 74 years. 74 years ago? No, not 74. I'm 78. No. 64 years ago. So I can't do that math. All right. Well, it was I was young. Louis was young. He got when he stole the bottle of wine, went home, drank it. We found him in the bathtub, drunk <laughs> and asleep and drunk. Twelve years 11 old. Years old. Eleven years old. Eleven years old. That started this this road to alcoholism. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, he never he never became an alcoholic. What did you want to become when you were a kid? Oh, what did I become when I was a kid? Did you have like big aspirations to be, like? Did you want to be someone famous? No, I famous? wanted to be successful, you know, in, in whatever I did. My father was a salesman, so I became a salesman. I like, I like, I like selling stuff. I like meeting people. You like people. I like people. I always had a lot of fun. You never people. wanted to perform. You're so funny. Well, I should have performed, but I didn't. <laughs> it was it wasn't on the menu. <laughs> but you you get to perform at my shows. Does that make you nervous when you've done stand up no, on mine? No, I don't. I don't even feel one ounce of one iota of nervousness i feel so <laughs> i'm serious i feel like i belong there oh that's cute right you remember I, when no, you asked for more, another joke no i need some more material <laughs> you have got a tight five i gotta i gotta figure out some more jokes you, so you used to go on the road with mike goss though your friend who was a comedian oh, yeah, i used to watch mike all the time and mike. was are there any similarities between what i do and my what mike does like but as far as like comedians are concerned like uh, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of your stuff is similar to his. He, he gets he, you do uh, life stuff. Yeah. Comedy about life, and he did it too. So the same type of uh, monologue. You know, he was the first comedian I ever saw, Mike Goss. 
was he? Yep. Yeah. We used to perform at the Spaghetti Warehouse. Yeah. He was, Mike was Mike was funny. He was really he was he was larger than life. Oh yeah, he was funny. He was he used to. Did you ever hear him sing Phantom of the Opera? Yes. Huh? Is that yeah. amazing? He used to he used to do the Phantom of the Opera. Put the f- mask on and sing yep. the Phantom of the Opera <laughs> at the Spaghetti Warehouse. I don't know how he could do it at the Spaghetti Warehouse. <laughs> it was the people eating it spaghetti. Was a class place. <laughs> <laughs> and these people sitting there he literally getting sauce all over their face. They're <laughs> <laughs> watching Mike Goss sing this Phantom oh of the my Opera. God. That was funny. I you mean, used to go on the road with him a couple times. I went on the road more than a couple times. A lot? When I got my new car. I bought a brand new car. So he knows how fastidious oh, I am. You are. F- I'm fastidious. I got everything. No, Everything's going to be neat. I don't want anything on, the fl- on, the, on my rug in the car. No, nothing. <laughs> You know, no, no crumbs, no nothing. He goes, he gets in the car. <laughs> he did it on purpose. He's got this sandwich with a hard crust r- roll on top, and he's biting it. The crumbs are going all <laughs> over the floor. Driving and I'm nuts. yelling at him. He's, I said, can you swear in this? Yeah, you can swear in this. I said, son of a bitch, I, said, I just bought this car. You got crumbs all over the floor. He started laughing. He, can I swear on this? He started calling me. You're so fastidious about your character. He's yelling that I'm so neat. I shouldn't be so fussy. I said, I'm fussy. I said, now you come in here again and you start eating in my car. So I'm going <laughs> to leave you wherever we are. Wherever I have to stop, I'm making you get out of the goddamn car. <laughs> and you can walk home. I love that you asked if you could swear, and the only thing you said was son of a bitch. <laughs> What's your favorite swear word? I feel like James Limpton from inside the actor's studio. No, the, the, the worst worst word anybody can say. I don't think I don't know if George Carlin ever said that. What? C U N T. Did he ever say? Yeah, that? cunt was a, was a part he, of the seven. Yeah, the no, seven words you can't say on television. It was. No. I'm gonna. Oh, I don't have my phone right I now. I could Google it. It was. I think it was. No, no, I don't think it was part part of. Really? That. I don't think so. Asshole, was, motherfucker, cocks. It was no, asshole, no, no, motherfucker, cocks. That was a little bit over the hill, they, or over the over the edge. So yeah. they, they didn't say it. Asshole, motherfucker, cocksucker, <laughs> bitch, dick, and uh, was it clit? Was clit one? I don't know. That's so it, weird. Cunt wasn't one. Jeez, dad. Oh, I'm sorry. He was coming out the gate C-U-N-T, hot with that. Huh? <laughs> no, I, that was not one of his uh, seven words. Believe me. I gotta Google it. Hold on. Oh, we gotta Google it. Yeah. So I should entertain him while, we, while you're gone? Oh. I'll tell him a joke. Peter's Googling it right now. Tell a joke. Yeah, tell a joke. I'm going to tell you. Should I tell him the, the stutter joke? Yeah. All right. <laughs> These two guys are at a country club playing golf. They're, they're in the locker room, and they're just sitting there, and they don't know each other. One guy says, hi, how are you doing today? He says, great, great. He says, well, what's, uh, what do you want? What are you going to play golf today? And the guy goes, yeah. I want to p- play and shoot, shoot good. And, and the other guy says, "Oh, I see you stutter." He says, "Yeah, I do. I, I, all my, all my, my, my life." <laughs> he says, "Well, I had that problem too." He says, "You did?" <laughs> he says, "Yeah, I had the problem." He said, "What, what, what did you, did you do?" He said, "Well, my wife gave me a blowjob, and it cured me for the rest of my life." He says, why don't you try that and let me know if, how it helps. So he says, okay. So two weeks later, they're both in the locker room again. And he sees this stutter. He says, how'd you make out? He says, na, 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 too, too good. But you have a b- b- beautiful house. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's your favorite joke. (laughs) You have a beautiful house. (laughs) You really put the performance in, Dad. Oh, yeah. That's one of your favorites. That's good. We're ready for the seven words you can't say on television? Yep. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Cunts, cunts number four. Oh, that women don't like that word at all. Well, you know, women are sensitive because they're cunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we won't say that anymore. We're trying to keep this clean. We're keeping it clean for the children. What else you want to know? Um, are, do you have any regrets? No, no. I have four wonderful daughters. Pain in the asses, but I have. I think they're wonderful. I'm obviously your favorite. <laughs> I'm uh, your. I'm. I'm more like you than the rest of them. <laughs> All right, you're my favorite. You're just saying that because I'm here. No, you know that. You, know <laughs> that. you don't even have. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> so much bullshit. In your will, you're gonna leave me money I'm that go- you owe yeah, to loan sharks. <laughs> yeah, I must have at least ten thousand dollars in the bank. You're gonna have the only will where I owe money. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta pay my bills. <laughs> I tell you what I what you have to do now, save money with his, with your parent when they die. Dad. You freeze them. Now listen to me. Freeze you? No, no, you freeze the person, the, the parent. Right. Whatever. Me or whoever it is, your mother, me. Freeze them. Put them on their head and you pound them into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's real cheap. Oh, so you don't get a coffin. <laughs> oh, you, no, you don't get a coffin. It just pounds you in the ground, frozen. Oh, my God, Dad. <laughs> What's well, cheap? That's terrible. It's like 1995. <laughs> <laughs> do you know somebody who does this service? No, no, I'm just kidding. Where do you, where do you want to go? If you could travel anywhere. Uh, where would I want to go? You haven't, you haven't traveled a lot. Oh, yes, I have. Where? Okay, yeah. Where have you been? Uh, Germany? I've been, I've been, no, I've been to California. To see me? Texas, Chicago. Let me think. Canada? Germany. Speaking of the fucking Germany, microphone. Switzerland. Canada. France. Wow. When I was in the service. But that was a long time ago. I know that, but I was all I was there. So it was I love Europe. I, I could live in Europe. Where do you want to go before you die? Where do I want to go? I want to go into a Chinese whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> and have a happy ending. Dad! <laughs> Happy ending in the Chinese horror. <laughs> That's really, they do that. When you walk in the door, they say, we have a happy ending for you, sir. How much? $300. <laughs> I said, what do I get for 150 He says, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> 300 or nothing. Nothing. 350 nothing. Sniff. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, my God. When, when we were at Steve's house yesterday, what what's what do you want in your coffee? Steve asked what what you wanted in your coffee. What did you say? I forgot. You said you wanted a twenty year old. Oh, a twenty year old in my coffee? Yeah. No, I was on my face. Oh, Dad! <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I'm 90, I'm seventy eight years old. 90. I can't have anybody sitting on my face that I want. Dad. <laughs> For free. For free, you're not even gonna pay her. Oh no. Happy ending, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you need a girlfriend. We need to find yeah, you a girlfriend. Girlfriend, yeah. That's what I need—a girlfriend. When's the last time you had a girlfriend? Oh, about nine years ago. 
Who was it? Suzanne? 95. Suzanne was my last girlfriend. I'm sorry, Dad. 95 was not nine years ago. Well, Do you know what year we're in? Or are you just shitty 16, at math? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, four years ago in 1918. <laughs> no, she was... Uh, Wait, listen for 95, this. 95, 96, 97. Ready? Yeah. What? That was just a fart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, don't. Your, no, your fart no, clears the room. No, Suzanne. I should have married Suzanne. But you got you were too angry. Well, I, I I went off my Prozac and I got a little nasty. And Speak into the microphone. A little nasty. Got off the Prozac. You've been on Prozac for how long? Thirty-five years. And you you think it's a really good drug? It's done you it's, well. It's a fantastic drug. How often do you take it? Once a day. That's it. When I went off it, I I, I went back to being very depressed. So I knew it worked. And there aren't I wasn't any side sure effects? it worked. If I go off it, I'll find out if it works. When I went off it, I was miserable. I, well, I fought with Suzanne. I was a, I was a prick. How long were you off it? Maybe six, six, seven months. You think that months. cost you your relationship? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I actually blew it because I was off the shit. Oh, I mean, off, the <laughs> <laughs> off, off the sauce. Rose. When I went back on, I was fine, but it was too late. It was too late. I just blew the whole situation. That's all right. I mean, everybody... Well, I know. I mean, it works. So people say, yeah, that's a drug that people commit suicide. I says, fuck you. <laughs> Some people suicide. just doesn't work well. I said, it saved my life. I said, if I didn't have Prozac, I'd have probably been dead by now. You think I'd so? I'd have been so depressed, I would have killed me. Yes. I was suicidal. You were? Yes. You didn't realize that. But when? I when I was off it. That time Before, you were? When I was going to the psychiatrist. Remember, I was going to the psychiatrist. You probably remember. I didn't even know that. I never told you this. I no. went to the psychiatrist. He put me on Prozac, and it just helped me feel really good. I never was depressed after that. So he says, you're probably going to have to take it the rest of your life. So that's what it, I've been taking it the rest of my life. And you were suicidal for the time you were off of it or before? No, no, no. When I went off, I got suicidal again. That's why I knew it was it worked. Like like to the point of having thoughts? Well, I haven't thought about you know, blowing my brains out. Yeah. Really? Yeah, for you no know, not not nothing where I was gonna go in the closet and get my shotgun and blow my brains out, but I thought about it. How often like is it like was it like a debilitating no, thing? No, it was it was like every you know, every two or three days you start feeling depressed and you're thinking about killing yourself. So when when I decided to go back on Prozac it all went away. It was amazing. Drug is amazing for me. People say, well, it was made people commit suicide. I said, no, it didn't. I said, that's bullshit. I said, they want to give you that shit, tell you about things that are bad about it. Every drug has an adverse effect on people. Yeah. It does. So some people are like, some people just doesn't work for it. It doesn't work for them, but it worked for me. And it's been working for me still. I'm 78 years old. And it works for me. I feel. I never get depressed. I do. You do in the wintertime. You want to kill a motherfucker no, in the wintertime. No, no, no. I, mean, I, I get depressed because of the cold weather and bullshit. Syracuse makes you not suicidal, homicidal. <laughs> you start aiming the gun at other yeah, people I killed, here. I killed a couple of dogs the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winding through my yard. Bang, bang. <laughs> Shot them both. Dad. Fuck them. <laughs> and now you are what? a grandfather for the second time. <laughs> I say it's your first real my first grandson. My first grandchild. I say your first real grandchild because <laughs> our other sister used, what is what do you call in vitro. it? In vitro. My older sister Karen used in vitro, had twins at 45. Yeah. 
She had twins at 45. She was going to have triplets, but it wasn't safe. No, no, the triplets. Oh, the triplets was before. No, no, one of the babies died in the womb. Oh, that's right. One of the babies passed away in the womb. So she would have had triplets. She would have had triplets. Um, Because in vitro causes multiple births. It sure does. It's hard to say that when you're are. I mean, the kids look nothing like her or him. They don't. Well, they're his sperm. But they're, well, I, I, I don't know what, what, what's, what's the thing It's here. a milkman and the postman. Maybe it's not even either of theirs. <laughs> they just picked him up at it like a fast like, food I, for children. I mean, I mean, they don't look like either one of them. No, they don't. So I was wondering if vitro is like, I suppose to be his sperm and her. It's his sperm and in the, in the donor's egg. And her egg. And, and, but she grew the babies inside of her. Oh. Oh, the donor. What do you know? No, her. Karen grew Karen the babies. Did, right. Yeah, your daughter was but pregnant. I, I, th- I thought that they would look like them. Well, they look like Cahill a little bit. Well, a little bit like Cahill. Yeah, well. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Not. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but they're beautiful kids. They're okay. Oh, come on. They got a little don't bit of the. Give, give, no, I'm just kidding. They're beautiful. That. They're beautiful. They are beautiful kids, both of them. But now you've got Elliot. Oh, Elliot's Elliot's number one in the. Hit parade <laughs> without a without he's even, adorable without even thinking about it coming out of the womb needing surgery <laughs> jeez nothing goes easy in this family he is beautiful kid isn't he he is oh my god did you quit smoking for him I don't know if I did it for him I just did it for myself how many coughing like a you were like, coughing bad I thought I had I thought I had lung Louis died my brother Louis died of lung cancer. And I started thinking about that because I was coughing so much. And I quit smoking. It's all gone. It's how gone. many days have you? How many days have you not had a cigarette? A month and a half, two months, somewhere around there. You don't even know the day. You got to keep track of that to no, keep yourself I motivated. Want, I don't even want a cigarette. I don't even think about cigarettes. That's amazing. You did a cold turkey. Cold turkey. That's the best way to go. You know why? Do you feel better when you go off cold turkey? Your body loses all the desire for nicotine. It just wipes this nicotine desire out of your body. Out of your body. Yep. So that's why you can quit. They say cold turkey is easier. Cold turkey is easiest way to quit smoking. But people don't, they haven't got the balls to try it. Well, they did. There was a clinical study where they did two groups of people. One group weaned themselves off gradually with a nicotine redu- reduction weekly. Uh. The other group did cold turkey. And the group that quit cold turkey had a 50% higher success rate. Yeah. Because you know why? Because when you go cold turkey, you take the urge of the nicotine out of your system completely. Right, out of your which system. is key. No, they, they give you a patch. The patch has nicotine in it. Right, so you still have it. You still have it. You have that other thing, that, the smoking thing. The vapor That's thing. It's got nicotine in it, too. That uh, What is that the one The vape thing? pen. What is it? What do you call the one they smoke on? Does? It looks like a little... Pen or pencil. It's or called something. a vape pen. Vape pen. Vapor pen. Yeah, they have nicotine in it yep, too. A little so bit. So you're not taking nicotine out of your body. That's why you you will have the urge when you quit. Right. When you think you're done, you're still going to start smoking because you still have the urge for the nicotine. When you go cold turkey, nicotine goes completely out of your body. You don't have any urge for it anymore. Once it stops after two weeks, maybe three weeks, it's gone. You quit smoking. I don't even have a desire to have That's it. amazing. I mean, really, I'm serious. And you quit gambling, too. I quit gambling, too. <laughs> you save money. <laughs> I save money. I'm going to Florida. You're going to Florida for six I months? Gotta, I can't take the 
poor little dog. <laughs> I know. I brought. See, I had this whole plan. I got this dog for you. <laughs> I got this dog. I, I was like, you know what? Because we talked about it before. You said you wanted a dog. I'm like, I'm gonna surprise him for an early Father's Day present. The moon. Amazing, oh boy! Look at this. How clear it is up there. It is clear. The sky. It's like a half moon. Half moon. It is half moon. It's very bright too. Right. I got you this dog for early day, early Father's Day gift, and you said she's unlovable. What? That's what you said. You said she's unlovable. Euthanizer. <laughs> <laughs> she's unlovable. You yeah, said. She won my heart. She's so cute. Now I have fourteen dogs. <laughs> and now I don't know what to do with her. You don't do with her. <laughs> They're going to euthanize her. They're going to euthanize her on Monday if you don't <laughs> take her. She's, she's lying, folks. It's not true. <laughs> if she puts this on the air, that's not true. If she puts this on the air. Who's Com- Comcast? Com- yeah, no, it's, it's a podcast. Not podcast. I'm did you just burp? <laughs> <laughs> Dad. Oh, I'm sorry. Can't burp on Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's your, um, who is your like celebrity crush? Who do you like? Who do you like now? What do you mean, celebrity? Like Sofia Vergara? Oh, <laughs> oh, she's my favorite. You like those Latin girls? Oh, I love her. Yeah. Oh, she, she's like forty some odd years old. Yeah, she looks great. She looks Woof. <laughs> <laughs> she looks what? Woof. <laughs> Are you barking? I'm woof. <laughs> she's. She, I saw her in a movie with. Uh, the blend. What was the blend? It was Reith Wi- Reese Witherspoon. It was called Hot Pursuit. It was terrible. No, oh, there's another one. It, it was called. Reese. It was Reese. Wi- they, no, she it was, was a like cop. Amy. Amy. St- what's her name? Amy Stuller or Amy whatever. Amy Stu. Amy Stiller. Yes. Ben Stiller's movie. sister. I don't know. What was the movie about? Because you, you called me and told it me was to two watch. Two girls on the run. It's called one's Hot Pursuit. Hot Pursuit. One was one's a cop. Reese Witherspoon was the cop. Oh, okay. And then uh, v- v- uh, Vergara. Vergara was a the criminal kind. The of criminal thing. kind. Of thing. You was, said it was funny. You just like the. She tits. was funny. No, no, she was funny in that movie. She's funny. She's talented. People didn't appreciate her. Yeah, she's she's like Telemundo, but more talented. <laughs> she was funny. She really was. She's pretty funny. Who else do you like? Modern Male or female. Male, okay, male. Go ahead. Who's your male crush? What do you mean, best? Yeah, like a comic or something. Whatever, or? somebody you like. If you if you know they're in a movie, you'll watch it. Oh, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. They don't wait. New people don't know Gregory Peck. From To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's my. He favorite. was Atticus Finch. He was my favorite actor ever. He was great. What else was he in? Oh, he did a million movies. I don't. A lot I, of movies. What other ones? Can you name any other ones? Oh Jesus! Come I, on, Dad. Use that brain of yours. You do crosswords. I know you have a memory in there. You quit smoking. Some of your synapses had to come back to life. He did the one with the the girl. Oh, the sexy girl. What was her name? Bridget Bardot? Jennifer Jones. Jennifer Jones. Jennifer Jones. <laughs> <laughs> like that you just make noises. <laughs> You're not even saying words. She had, She was. She played an Hispanic girl. Yeah. She had the little low framers with the framers. <laughs> People don't know what frammers oh, mean. Frammers are boobs. <laughs> frammers are everything. Everything, whatever you want to make them. And she was like a hot tamale, and Gregory Peck was Gregory Peck was crazy about her. What was the name of it? Uh, <laughs> Gregory Peck and Jessica Jones. What a bad name, though. Jennifer Jones. Jennifer Jones. Jennifer Jones. It sounds like a porno. No, no. Peck. She, she was she, she was like sizzling hot on the screen. Sizzly. Was she? Oh. Was it black and white? 
No, it was Technicolor. Technicolor? That's Technicolor. so 80s. <laughs> They're like, guys, you know how life is? <laughs> we have that now in movies. Technicolor <laughs> here, folks. Hey, guys, you know when you open your eyes? We have it here now <laughs> on the movie screen. No, I can't remember all the movies. She, he made a ton of movies. You also loved Peter Sellers, though. Oh. You, oh. The, the, you, you made me wa- watch all those movies. No, no, I, Peter Sellers, I can do a lot of... It, Okay, do some impersonations for us. Do right. Peter Sellers. I have a bump on my head. <laughs> the, and the guy says, what? He says, I have a bump on my head. He says, what do you mean you have a bump on your head? He says, I have a bump. The guy says, you mean a bump on your head? Yes, I have a bump on my head. <laughs> then he says, he goes up to this guy. He's robbing a bank. Is this, is this Pink Panther? Oh, this is all the movies he made. He made more... All the Pink Panther movies. Pink Panther. Pink Panther. He, he's, uh, he's up on a second second floor of his home, and they have all these rich people sitting there. There's a beautiful piano, like a Steinway, down below him. He's he's on this. He's up on this. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, what it, like a parallel bars. He's okay. up on a parallel. <laughs> he's making he's making all these crazy great moves. He's bouncing up, and he gets he he dismounts and goes down. He falls on the piano. <laughs> he wrecks it. So this girl, woman comes up. Do you know that's a precious Steinway? He says, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> so all the stuff this guy did was really, really Slapstick. funny. Slapstick. Oh, no, it was like he did uh, comic strip stuff. Comic strip? Comic Is that what it's called? Stuff. What's did, comic strip stuff? Well, like, well, comic strip, uh, not maybe not exactly what I wanted to say, but. He would do uh, like a moat. Right. He was at a castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to get to the, he had to get inside. Yeah. So he tried to pull vault <laughs> over the moat, <laughs> and his stick was too short, <laughs> and he fell in the water. Just like and stupid humor. Just oh, and then he went inside. <laughs> he had he had a <laughs> he had a disguise on. He had all his stuff, like waxy <laughs> stuff on his nose. And he got in. <laughs> they're in this room with a hot fire. And <laughs> and they're sweating, and his nose strip melting off his face. It's just it's dumb. Just, oh, I loved it. They stuff. call it slapstick. Oh, remember when he had the <laughs> <laughs> when he was vacuum? He was vacuuming a room in the hotel. He was he was playing a person that was what that works in the hotel. Yeah, one of the like uh, a maid. One, the maid. So he's, he's they, got, they got a bird sitting in a cage. And he puts the vacuum cleaner up to the cage. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks the bird into the bag. But I mean, there's stuff like that. You have to see it. There's, I mean, it's funny stuff. That's why we, we used to watch uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor movies, and that's why you loved them so much because oh, it's the same type of humor. Can you believe Gene nice, Wilder is still alive? Nice knockers. <laughs> but he wasn't talking about boobs. Yes, he was. What, who, when he said nice knockers? No, that was uh, what's his name? The little uh, guy with a. One eye to go to that way. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Uh, From Young Frankenstein. No, Feldman. Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman. Yep. You go up to the door and she comes. She came in. She came out of the... Terry Gar. No, no. The other one. The other one. Oh, Veruca. Madeline. Madeline. Fabruja. Whatever. Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. She gets out. She's got... Her boobs are hanging out pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> hey, what, what was the other guy? 
Gene Wilder. No, no, the little one with a bad guy. Ma- Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman says, nice snack. <laughs> but she's near the door. No, near the door. With a door handle. No, she, says, she says, nice snackers. Oh, thank you. She says. There's so many double like entendres oh, going on in the me, jokes. Boy. Translation. Oh, my God. That movie Track was 49. so good. And then she says, elevate me. Yes. That was what's it? What was Terry her name? Gar? Terry Gar. Remember when oh. she's like roll, 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 Lindsay Hay. Remember he was taking her and she's rolling around roll, 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 Lindsay Hay. When he was in the room with the master, he says, no Put matter what you do, my scream don't let me, don't let me out. He's terrified. He says, don't let me out. He says I'm gonna go in there and find out what's going wrong. So he goes in there. The master goes rah. Let pounding, me out. Pounding, help me out. Help me out. No, you told us not. Help me out, help me out. So they start playing charades. I forget what the what the pre- premise was on the charades. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't remember. Hang on a second. Sedative. Sedative. He's trying. They had a sedative to give the monster. So Clear your throat. Calm him down. You sound like a robot. They had a sedative. Clear your throat. <clears> that they injected into the monster to calm him down. Yeah. So he says. He's trying to tell him what, what? You know, because he's got, he's got his monster's got his round his throat, so he can't talk too good. So he's going, he's trying to. He does charades. He's trying to do the charades and set, 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 yes, set, 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 give, set, give, give, set, give. So he says, so. They get him out of there, and they finally break him loose from the monster. He goes to him, set a gift. <laughs> Gene's wild. You have to understand. He's what. so good. He's set so a gift. He says, set a gift. Such you stupid bastards. He's uh, still alive. Oh, I know he is. He's in his, like, 80s. Marty Can you... Feldman's died. Yeah, Marty Feldman passed away. Not too far. Madeline Kahn passed away. Yep. And uh, Joe, what's his name? That cat. The, the, the guy the, who played the monster. Joe, uh. I can't think of his name. Oh, jeez. Well, I know he, you're talking about. Wasn't Gene, Gene Hackman was the, in there, too? Remember Gene Hackman was the guy, the, guy, the, the blind, blind guy. guy. He lit his finger? Yes. <laughs> they had more shtick in this. Oh, God. Uh, it people, was That was slapstick, I was too. In, I, was in there, I watched that movie in, uh, on West Tennessee Street in, the, in one of those theaters, movie theaters. Been there for 100 years. They're gone now. And when I had a date. We went to watch a movie. And I'm laughing like a maniac. <laughs> and like half the audience is laughing, the other half are not laughing. Because you get it or you don't. They, they, they it's they not for it. everybody. That humor is not no, for everybody. I know that because everybody's standing, he's sitting <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the scalpel in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein. It's, my name is Frankenstein. And he stabs himself. He stabs himself in the leg. Because some people don't like the goofy humor. They like more cerebral stuff. Oh, I, I know. You know, they like I the just, more I just thinky. thought it was great stuff. Great shit. It was, yeah, it's, and it still holds up, too. It still holds up. When he did the, uh, <laughs> the one in the uh, Alps, the snow and shit. Remember that one? No. Was it, a, oh, was it, um, is it the uh, Haunted Honeymoon? No, no, no. no, no. Remember that with Dom DeLuise? It was, uh, the, no, the, the. Pink Panther. The Pink Panther. Pink Panther. Yeah. That's Peter he, Sellers. He, yep. I know. Peter Sellers. It was Pink Panther. Pink Panther. And uh, David Niven was the Pink Panther, who was a ju- jewel thief. 
Oh, he was the Pink Panther. And Peter was Sellers was like the, guy, the, the, the te- detective. Yeah, well, no. Yeah, Clouseau was... Clouseau, the that's right. Clouseau. She comes in. He spins... He spins the... They got one of the little circular globes. You spin it. Yeah. They go... <laughs> hit her with sand and <laughs> fell down. <laughs> I mean, people have to see this. You know, this so what, what one was that? What what Pink oh, Panther was that? a long time ago. Now, do they do Pink Panther 1, 2, 3, and 4? How do they... Ni- a lot of them. But yeah. what were the titles? Were they Pink, Pink Panthers? Panther, and then it was like some Pink title? Does this, Pink right, Panther right. Does so it was like... A, it was... They did like a bunch of them. Yeah, I have a boom. <laughs> I have a boom. <laughs> I have a boom. He says... He says a boom. <laughs> it was... I have a boom in my goes, suitcase. Guys, no, I have a boom. He says, what? He says, I have a boom in my suitcase. He says, what? <laughs> A boom, <laughs> you idiot! A boom, and then you know, explodes. <laughs> but the stuff they did was so funny. That shit makes you gut laugh. You oh, gut laugh oh, over yeah. that. Remember Kato, his, his his servant? No. He had a Chinese servant, Chinese or Japanese servant. Oh, it's the same thing, Chinese or Japanese, so they, whatever. They're trying to climb over this wall. So <laughs> Kato's on top of him. <laughs> he says, get under me. I'm taller than you. <laughs> Think about that. They want to go to go upside. Yeah. Get under me. I'm, it's the same I'm, thing. I'm taller than you, he says. That's funny. Oh, that, see, people don't, that, they don't appreciate that. They don't appreciate that. Yeah. I love that humor. I do, too. Just, it just knocks your socks off. Talking to the fucking microphone. It knocks your socks off. It knocks <laughs> your socks right the fuck off. What, um, if you could tell, here's, here's how we can what? wrap it up. Uh, wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Because we could talk about movies forever. You and I yeah. love movies. What would you... If you could tell your younger self something, what would you tell your younger self? Younger self. Like you in your thir- early 30s, what would you say to yourself? What words of advice would you give to Joe Peluso? 33-year-old Joe Peluso. Chase 20-year-old girls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, you well, know, I'm a 30. I'm still in good shape. Yeah. I'll go a couple times, you know? Dad! <laughs> okay, besides that, what would you say? What, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> what was it? What, if you, what would you tell your 33-year-old self right now? 33-year-old if self? If you could talk to your 33-year-old self, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> what would I say to my 33-year-old yeah. self? I'm so happy. I'm so fucking young. <laughs> <laughs> would you give him any advice? Would I give the 33-year-old advice? Yeah. Because he's got a whole life ahead of him. I would tell him, um, let me see. If you had to be sincere to him. Make sure if you go out with any girl that she has a bank account that's bigger than yours. <laughs> Balling. <laughs> okay? Because if she does, you're in good shape. If she doesn't, <laughs> you're going to be fuck out. you're gonna be sucking dick the rest of your life. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I don't want to be dirty. But oh, it was too late for that, Joe. Okay. But I'm just saying... 30, you want to be, I just want to be happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I got my four daughters. I love my daughters. And I've been, I'm probably the luckiest man on the face of the earth. You feel that? Yes, I do. All the time. Every day I say that. That's so and sweet, I'm saying, Dad. Out of my, my fucking mind. <laughs> 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 Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> oh, okay, tell a joke. Okay, tell one more joke to go. This is a joke to go. Yep. Joe's okay. joke to go. No, some of you are not going to remember some of the stuff I'm going to tell you, but 
you you still get the gist of the joke. Okay. Okay, so there, the Second World War, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Okay. Which was was our base. We had we had all our ships there. They sank the ships. It was it was a surprise attack. Right. Surprise attack. So uh, we go back to the. Uh, this is the movie they're showing. Right. We go back to the Japanese carrier with all the kamikaze pilots sitting on the, standing on the deck. Now, kamikaze pilots go up and take their planes, and they find the American ships, and they dive into them and blow up the bomb, and they kill themselves. Right. They give up their their life for the emperor. Jesus. So the the, the admiral's up there. Admiral Suzuki tell them out, you're going to go out for the glory of Japan. You're going to take your plane out. You're going to dive into the American ships, crash and sink them. And it's, so, any, any questions? He's, Lieutenant Uhura, what? He says, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a funny joke. I think that's a funny joke. That's that's Joe's a, joke to go. I love you, Dad. Say you love me in the mic. Love you too, babe. <laughs> Even though I say so myself, this is no small feat. <laughs> now you can work the left bank and Montmartre with anonymity. Yes, yes. The old anonymity noise. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You can do it, Inspector. Chief in. Inspector. You can walk, Chief Inspector. You can walk. Yes, yes. You are a genius, Bugs. I can. I can walk. Thank heavens for little girls. They keep on getting smaller every day. Yes? It's special delivery. Thank you. Sorry, I'm a little sharp. Forget it. Special delivery, a burn. Were you expecting one? A burn? Sometimes, well, hell yeah. Sometimes it's okay, but not all the time. That's, and they're the only words that seem to have that restriction. I mean, there are a lot of words you can say whenever you want, you know. Pneumonia! Nobody gives you a lot of... All right, you can't yell it in the hospital a great deal, but what the hell? There are words that you can say, no problem. Topography! No one has ever gone to jail for screaming topography. But there are some words that you can go to jail for. There are some words that we just have decided we will not say all the time. Sometimes, okay. If you're running through the jungle chasing somebody that we're at war with, you can holler them. 
If you're shooting a criminal, it's okay. It's the all-American thing. Dirty fucking crook. <laughs> but if you're with the bishop's wife at lunch, it's better not to ask for the goddamn lettuce. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just like we've decided there'd be some words we won't say all the time. And I was just trying to find out which words they were. For sure. All of them. I wanted a list. Because nobody gives you a list. That's the problem. They don't give you a list. Wouldn't you think it'd be normal if they didn't want you to say something to tell you what it is? Nobody even tells you when you're a kid what the words are that you're supposed to avoid. You have to say them to find out which ones they are. Shit! Oh, fuck! That's two. Oh, Ma, that's enough trial and error, huh? Please, Ma, give me a list, huh? All right, you're six years old now, and here's the list of words your dad and I don't ever want to hear you say. Oh, hey, thanks, Ma. Boy, that's going to save me an ass-kicking or two. <laughs> ah! Yeah, you never know what's going to be on the list. Because it's always somebody else's list. You didn't make that up. Somebody told you that shit. They told you, better, better not say that. So you got to... And you don't know what's going to be on their list. God, people's lists even change from day to day. Some people on Friday night got a list, you know, not about two or three words. Sunday morning, goddamn, there's 27 words on it. These are the same people two days later. Different list. So you got to kind of watch out what you're going to believe from them. The trouble is, I was trying to find out what these words might be, and I wanted to know the ones that you could never say on television. I mean the filthy words that are always filthy. There are a lot of these little two-way, double-entendre words that have two meanings, words that are okay part of the time. I call them like part-time filth. Some of these words, they're only 50% dirty. You have words like ass. Ass is hardly even a dirty word anymore, but it has a few meanings that you can't say on television. That's what I was talking about. What can you say on television? That's another one of those places where we can't use these words all the time. But some of them are all right some of the time. Ass is all right on television. You can say on television things like, well, you've made a perfect ass of yourself tonight. But you can't say, hey, let's go get some ass. <laughs> Bitch. Bitch is another word like that. Same kind of word. It's the only dirty part of the time. Depends on what you mean by bitch. You might be the lady from the San Diego Zoo visiting one of the Tonight Shows, and you might just have a bunch of little canines with you there. One of them is a female. You say, there's the bitch, Johnny, and it's okay, fine. Just don't refer to the singer the same way. That's <laughs> Is that bitch going to do another number? Yes. <laughs> Animals are fine on those two-way words. And that's it. That's what I was trying to find. The words that were always dirty, not just part of the time but completely filth. Well, in, in looking for these words, I kept finding new categories. We have so many ways of describing these dirty words. It's, well, we have more ways to describe dirty words than we actually have dirty words. That seems a little strange to me. It seems to indicate that somebody was awfully interested in these words. They kept referring to them. They called them bad words, dirty. Filthy, foul, vile, vulgar, coarse, in poor taste, unseemly, street talk, gutter talk, locker room language, <laughs> barracks talk, bawdy, naughty, saucy, raunchy, 
Rude, crude, lewd, lascivious, indecent, profane, obscene, blue, off-color, risque, suggestive, cursing, cussing, swearing, and all I could think of was shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. That was my original list. I knew it wasn't complete, but it was a starter set, you know? Shit, piss, fuck, yes, WBAI is the one who played them. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Now, that was the original list. We've added a few words since then. We've added fart, turd, and twat. <laughs> And I know there are some other words that many of you are wondering about, why they haven't been considered, why they haven't shown up on the list thus far. We're looking at them all very closely. Some of your favorites might make the list this year. <laughs> Asshole, ball bag, hard on, piss hard, blue balls, taint, nookie, snatch box, pussy, pecker, pecker head, pecker tracks, jism, joint, doniker, dork, poontang. <laughs> Cornhole and dingleberry. <laughs> dingleberry, a very popular word. And to my way of thinking, dingleberry, a rather innocent sounding word. Dingleberry sounds Christmassy to me, you know. <laughs> Let's put one on the tree, Dad. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.